We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Wow, this band really went to shit after the Black Parade, huh? What's yeah, the girl's yeah. name? Uh, ha- ha- Havalina. Havalina? Yeah. That's a hog. Havana. Havana is a place in Cuba. Hannah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I do feel kind of bad about doing this episode, though. What way? Uh, well, for the same reason that I felt bad about doing the Green Day episode. This and is like punching down. I feel bad because of the people who like this. Yeah. They didn't ask for everything that's about to happen to them. But the band did, you know, Green Day deserve their episode. Coheed and Cambria definitely deserves. But here's why I feel bad. Anyone who has time to even try to pay attention to this band in any sort of a comprehensive way clearly doesn't have much else going on in their life. This is just the time filler. People are invested in this band is what you're saying. Somebody, people are in their rooms invested in Coheed and Cambria. This is their life. Everyone who pressed play on this because of the band that we're talking about has tattoos of this band's artwork. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. The uh, Led Zeppelin ripoff thing. Well, I mean, the whole thing is a giant Led Zeppelin ripoff, but don't they have like a... Oh, the logo. The logo, yeah. like, which yeah. is very like a Led Zeppelin 4 thing. Oh, yeah. It's obviously influenced with heavy quotations. The keywork, they call it. Yeah, right? keywork, yeah. If your grandparents' favorite band did something, this band probably did it too. Yeah. I think Coed and Cambria is for people who have an easier time following Game of Thrones than understanding what's happening in any single episode of Sex and the City gonna be one of those episodes that somebody emails us like a long oh yeah we just don't get it exactly here's all yes. encyclopedia <laughs> i want a six paragraph explanation of going cambria and they're gonna get pissed that i said they watch game of thrones because that's entry level fantasy right extra high level dd i wish i knew the term for expert dd don't get me wrong I hate Game of Thrones also. Those are some of the worst books I've ever read in my life. Normally, my enemy's enemy would be my friend, but this is our job. We're the bad guys. We are the bad guys. Are they a band? Are they a comic book? Are they a TV show? Are they just his haircut? What are they? This is no bullshit performance art. Yeah. A fucking train going by. Yeah, there was a train going by. I could hear the train. We might have to wait for that. Normally, I feel fine about background noise, but train, although that is very East Nashville of this (laughs) podcast. Yeah. Wait, people will know where we are if they know. Oh, there's a train and they could triangulate our. Who did the, who was it? Who did the fucking flag? Yes, they figured it out. Who was that? Uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Honestly, fuck him anyway. Shia LaBeouf. What? Shia LaBeouf. Chew the beef? Shia LaBeouf. Are you saying chew the beef, sir? Yes, that's what I was saying. It's amazing watching people try to figure out what genre of music Coheed and Cambria plays. That's because everyone has a different opinion. I think there are a lot of different things that you can hear there. You know, whatever you might recognize, you would hear that. And then you would hear all this other shit you don't recognize and think that they invented that maybe. Yeah. But it's not it's, the case. It's weird because I feel like uh, it, it's uh, Tool-esque <laughs> in that people 
think they're smart if they listen to Coheed because it's got that proggy element, I guess, to it. It's proggy, but poppy, overly simplified. It's pop prog, I guess. I feel like Coheed and Cambria and Tool fans would have a lot in common in their elite belief of themselves. So, yes, I have heard both bands, the word prog gets thrown around like crazy. Right, which is not really a fair usage. No, no, but I can break this band down so simply and quickly for anyone who's confused at all. This is at the drive-in plus Savage Garden plus whatever two metalcore reference points you remember from the early 2000s. Sure. And then taken down another couple of simplicity. Yes. Let's like simplify even already kind of simple music even more. But if I put this pitch squeal in there, whoa, dude. Oh, you talking about pinch harmonics? <laughs> yeah. Whee! Yeah, yeah. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Holy shit. This is really moving. It's not prog by any metric other than that the lyrics are very much about dork stuff. Yeah, it's got that nerdiness. That's prog. Which you associate with prog, I guess. But basically every song that isn't in standard meter is in 3-4, which is waltz time, if anyone. <laughs> yeah. I'll admit, sometimes they get real out there and they play in 6-8, which is double 3-4 if you're terrible at math. I read this interview uh, with the guitar player, and this is, I think it was in 2016, so there were what, however many records in at this point, Deep. five or six records or some nonsense. And he says in the interview how he just basically took guitar lessons. That year? Yeah, just learned how uh, about music theory. He was just learning music theory after writing six or five or six records. Probably about time to figure out what I'm doing. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was like, wow, what a weird thing to admit in your interview, especially in this band. I would expect that from a generic pop band or something, whatever. But this is a band that presents themselves as if there's some sort of elite. I don't know if they do that so much as their, their fans, their fans their do fans. that. Yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, that's very prog of him. I, I don't, maybe people don't know this. Prog is short for progressive, progressive. <laughs> as in taking what everyone else has built and then furthering it and right. building upon it, which is something that you might need to know how to speak the language in order to be able to do. It's not very likely that you're progressing something if you don't know the ABCs of it. Right. Just throwing that out there. The building blocks, yeah. literally the base mm -hmm. to build off of. You can't get <laughs> out of the box if you've never been in the box. You don't know what the box is shaped like. It would be like if someone asked you if you could go move that cube and you're like, cool, the roundy one? <laughs> no, it's the fucking box guy. It was an interview with like a guitar website. I would have liked to have seen the guy interviewing him's face when he says that, like, oh yeah, I'm just learning music theory. He's probably like, are you kidding? Okay, cool. Uh, do we want to keep doing this I had interview? All these questions. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, I guess we're done. How do you tune your guitar? <laughs> right. Is Iron Maiden a prog band? No, they're fucking not. Listen to the song The Trooper by Iron Maiden, then go listen to Coheed and Cambria's cover of The Trooper by Iron Maiden. This is not a prog band. Sum 41 has been covering The Trooper since the 90s. Yeah. Is Sum 41 a prog band? Probably not. I would say they are not. They're not. No. No. I would also say that Sum 41 is for sure better than Coheed and Cambria. No doubt. Well, they wrote better pop songs. Probably heavier riffs. 
Wait, Coheed and Cambria has more than one song? They have one song that everyone knows. This is Coheed and Cambria playlist on Spotify. I put that on as homework for this and listened to it for, I don't know, an hour and a half. Could not tell one song apart from any other song. It all sounds the same. It blew my mind when I went and looked at what I had been listening to on the screen and saw songs from all their different albums that were like recorded years apart from each other because yeah. it all sounded exactly the same. That's the thing, right? I mean, really, let's be honest, though. There's two songs that most people know, and those are the songs that are in rock band. Like video games, yes. Exactly. Yes. Video games, which really arguably if they weren't in those video games i don't think we would be sitting here because i don't think the band ever would have gotten as big as they did it was like being in tony hawk if you were in rock band yeah i mean dragon force exists because of a video game coheed cambria is right there with it being on the tony hawk soundtrack was a very big, big deal, deal back in the day being on the rock band and guitar, uh, guitar hero. hero yeah that's a big one also this is music for people who play video games it's like they're profiled who they wanted to have as fans wrote the music and then got it in a video game and got the career that they wanted you yeah. couldn't have planned this any better than no. they did one more thing on the genre thing if you've got to come up with like one genre to say what this is i would go with maybe symphonic metal really maybe I guess is it metal? Symphonic space metal. Sy yeah, huh? I guess. I I I think it's poppier. If you look up every band that's called symphonic metal, they're not really like metal. It's right. all metal with string sections, right, that right. kind of shit. I could see that. I, I had a uh, uh, post emo prog pop. Definitely not prog anything. I don't think. But the, you could wait. You could argue that they progressed emo music they are partially emo partially metal so, partially <laughs> maybe they yeah. actually did progress the emo thing how many of this band's songs have gang vocals hey 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 <sighs> or whoa <laughs> <laughs> whoa dude you could be in a, you could have been in an early 2000s uh, emo band oh i could tell you exactly how to write a coheed <laughs> song it's just like and then you got to do a staccato breakdown like to stay on that and then go back to that meandering single note guitar line thing throw in as many pinch harmonics as you can yeah. oh people might not know what a pinch harmonic is listen to black label society that's a pinch harmonic <laughs> it's every song and then you've got to sing like someone cut your balls off and for some reason, that makes it impossible to keep your tongue inside your mouth. You got look like, like <laughs> blow your tongue out like that yeah. to, to make it sound over enunciated, I guess. I feel like you can hear Claudio throwing his tongue outside of his mouth. Well, the spaceship land, like <laughs> yeah. that kind of shit. It's just so you don't sound exactly like Robert Plant. Is that it? Oh, and emote like it's 2005. You're playing a song. You wrote about a girl for that girl. You've never touched a vagina, but you've seen pictures and you're pretty sure you won't hurl if she likes the song enough to let you touch it. That's how you sing. I've seen a lot of misogynist dudes make jokes about how Claudio sings like a woman. I do not think that's true. I think he sings more like an actual castrato, which would sound more like a child. I think he sings like a kid. I don't hear a female at all. It doesn't sound like a female to me It at sounds all. like a 10-year-old boy yes. singing yes. in this band. It sounds like a prepubescent boy. Take a kid, show him Battlestar Galactica, show him a stack of Playboys, and... Play a game of Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering, tear him away from his video games, yeah. make him write songs, and this is what's gonna happen. No, that's true. 
Hey gang, it's Tyler breaking in here. We wanted to commemorate our Beethoven episode with a little something special. So go to shop.yfbspod.com to pre-order our newest t-shirt. It's terrible. I designed it myself. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This band was signed to Columbia Records by Matt Pinfield. Matt, you need to come on the show and explain yourself. Yeah, you guys remember Matt Pinfield? I love Matt Pinfield. Yeah, Matt Pinfield seems like he's excited about everything. He he is a very excitable guy. I bet Matt Pinfield really likes Coheed and Cambria. I wonder what he thinks about our podcast. I bet Matt Pinfield does not like our podcast. Tweet at us, bro. Don't think so. I don't think Matt Pinfield would press play on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> Probably so not. You guys make podcasts. That's if cool. If he did, he would just destroy everything we said with his knowledge i bet coheed and cambria has gotten booed a lot when they're on festivals Yo. and when they are in opening band slots like any sort of multi-artist multi-headliner situation i guarantee you coheed and cambria knows what it's like to get booed off a of stage i have seen coheed and cambria twice yeah what happened this was like early 2000s my my buddy booked a festival and put them on the festival and this festival was diverse. It was 50 Cent was headlining. And then in the middle somewhere was like Coheed and Cambria, but also like Dashboard Confessional and uh, <laughs> uh, The Used and all this stuff. But in order to get everyone to come out, he put 50 Cent on there. And mm. so hip hop artists have a tendency to be a little bit late sometimes. That's a, that's a thing mm-hmm. uh, that happens. 50 Cent was late. So they put Coheed and Cambria in front of... 13,000 people at the exact (laughs) moment that 50 Cent was supposed to be playing. Yes. If you could only imagine how that goes over. People were throwing quarters (laughs) at them on the stage. I mean, literally. That's not very nice. It's not nice, but it was pretty funny. But it is funny. It's not nice, but it is funny. (laughs) It was obviously (laughs) getting, you know, booed because here's this like whiny singer guy with weird hair on stage where 50 Cent's supposed to be singing in the club. Uh, and another time I saw them, they opened for Slipknot. How'd that go? Which goes over exactly oh. what you would expect. What happens is people know Welcome Home, which kind of has a, mm. a metal-ish vibe to it. And they go, oh, they, this is a metal band. We should have them open for a metal show. Yeah. This does not go over well because they come out to Welcome Home, the only metal-ish Wait. song that they have they opened with it give us a chance but imagine <laughs> exactly we're the welcome home band if you could just give us a chance imagine though and everyone know, knew that song you know what i mean i'm sure in the crowd but the hard part is is that what they play after that is not conducive to a slipknot show needless to say so they should have just left by the end of it people are audibly booing chanting slipknot you know when band, people do that like yeah being the opening band is already hard. Being the opening band that no one wants to watch is worse. Well, it's also terrible to be the opening band for a headliner who has idiots for fans. Yeah. Like Slipknot, like Tool. The dumbest motherfuckers buy tickets to see these bands and they actually think that the people who are on stage are the reason why they aren't seeing the band that they bought a ticket. 
Like, if this band wasn't here, I would be seeing the headliner already. Yeah. That's not the way it works. There there are a lot of bands, especially in metal, that if you were to get offered to open for them on tour, just say no. Absolutely say no. Don't go. Don't open for Slipknot, dude. Not a good idea. Tool fans booed Melvins. Yeah. You wouldn't have a favorite band <laughs> if it wasn't for Melvins. Tool would not exist nor would a majority of other metal bands. So but. here's here's why this is such a huge problem. And I didn't even know that for a fact. I was just guessing. But here's why I would assume this is such a big problem with Coheed and Cambria is because of how much shit they're throwing into a blender to get this sound. There are people who make decisions about what bands are going to go where. Like Matt Pinfield. Hell yeah, these chicks love Iron Maiden. That's awesome, man. Let's throw them on a bill. The people who are in a position to make these big decisions, they have blind spots, okay? Matt Pinfield may be able to correctly pick out that Coheed and Cambria likes Iron Maiden. Cool. Right. He nailed that part. What he's not understanding is that Coheed Cambria are also pulling from 10 other directions that Iron Maiden fans are going to despise. Yeah. Coheed and Cambria may remind some old motherfucker of Iron Maiden a little bit. Put them on stage in front of a crowd of Iron Maiden fans. You're going to have a bad You're going to see those blind spots come to life, buddy. But look, they have this one riff that is Iron Maiden-ish. One riff does not equate to a 45-minute set opening for Iron Maiden. People who like Coheed and Cambria, their taste in music is Coheed and Cambria. If you already know about and enjoy the list of things that they're using to create this, you don't like Coheed and Cambria because there are things on that list that are mutually exclusive. Not possible to like all these things at the same time. There's one dude who does. His name is Claudio. And then there's a bunch of people who've never heard of this shit before. And they like Claudio. Here's the thing. If you're in a completely objective way, it would make more sense for Coheed and Cambria to open for... Alt-J. That would be terrible. The only reason that would be better for them is because those band's fans are pussies. That's what I'm saying. It would make more sense because at least their fans would just sit there Those band's fans them. don't have biceps. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It makes more sense. They'd win more people over opening for Dave Matthews no, than... I don't think they would win any more people over. I just think the chances of them getting, getting a, beat fu- up. a fucking chair thrown at their yeah. head are a little lower. Win-win. Claudio said he knew he wanted to be in a band after seeing Pink Floyd in concert in the 90s. <laughs> 90s Pink Floyd and Black Sabbath with Dio singing. Yeah. So this dude knew what he wanted to do after seeing 90s Pink Floyd and Dio Black Sabbath. That's what I mean when I say the list of ingredients in this recipe not going to be what almost anyone wants in their mouth. Pulling from a dumpster fire of bands. Even though this guy likes Iron Maiden, there are not very many Iron Maiden fans willing to stand there and listen to this motherfucker sing about his feelings. No way. I'm going to go out on a not very long limb here and say there are approximately zero genuine hardcore Iron Maiden fans that think Coheed is an okay band. Matt Pinfield's the only one. Matt not an Iron Maiden fan. Not an Iron Maiden fan. No, sorry, Matt. Call me, but you're not an Iron Maiden fan. We're going to have to get real deep into some sci-fi geekery in this episode, but the fact is most of this material boils down to love songs. Yeah. So you cannot put... Iron Maiden fans in a room and have Claudio get up there and play guitar solos about his feelings. 
Conversely, you cannot put Coheed on stage in front of a bunch of fucking dashboard confessional fans because all they're going to hear is the terrible guitar solos. Uh-huh. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? This yeah. is a lose-lose situation. Yeah, especially when they were starting to develop. Do they open for the metal show or do they open for the emo show or do they try to open for Rush? All of these things don't make any sense. None of the people like this band. If this band never became a headliner, there's no way they would still exist because yeah. they would have quit forever ago. There's yeah. no way they would keep getting on stage in front of other people's fan bases and trying to make this shit work. It just won't. A lot of the lyrical content, basically emo. It's emo in outer space. And I'm starting to realize it's so common for there to be lyrics in emo that are violent as fuck. And a lot of times it's violence against women. This did not occur to me. I don't know how, but this dude kind of gets around it by putting his words in the mouths of his characters. You know, like this is a big yeah. story. Right, 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 right. You could say stuff that's probably fucked up if you're like, oh, it's just part of the story. But it's still coming out of his head. Right. He's still the one writing it. Right. It would be like the Game of Thrones guy saying, I don't like rape. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just wrote about it in yeah. every book. So this band's most popular song is called Welcome Home. Here is a quote from Claudio about that song. Quote, It's a horrible, mean-spirited song, but it is what it is, end quote. It is what it is is kind of not ever what you want (laughs) the guy guy in your favorite band to say about... What a thing to say, though, man. The song. It is what it is. Honestly, it wouldn't even matter if there weren't anything problematic about this song. Even if the interviewer was like, that's the best song you've ever written. There's nothing wrong with it. I think it's perfect. It is what it is would still be the worst possible response to that. Always the worst possible thing to say. It is what it is. One of the things Claudio has one of his characters say in a song. Here's a lyric from a Coheed and Cambria song. You ready for this one? Quote, die white girls die, end quote. (laughs) Well, dude, you have to read the comic to understand it. I mean, if you read the comic, you would understand. You obviously haven't read the comic. That's taken out of context. You, The context matters, It's dude. context. If you need a comic book to understand a song, which I'm listening to on my phone, fuck you. For real, if I need to go read something to make sure you don't hate women, you're, <laughs> maybe you're not doing this right. I'm just telling you, without the visual representation, you just, it just is all fucked up, dude. Yeah. It's all fucked. The, the bitch deserved to die if you read the comic book, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. I I'm honestly not taking that out of context because there's no real context that like die white girls die makes sense in a song, you know? (laughs) So, okay. The only way you're going to hear that line is in the song. Okay. That's fine. That's one context. If you're going to say we need the greater context of the whole album, well, we're kind of in the future and it's very, very possible to just hear one song out of the context of the entire album that it was made. This band has an even bigger problem the context that you need for them is their entire body of work is all connected. We're not really there okay, yet. Okay, I know it doesn't it doesn't sound good. You have to listen to eight of their albums. <laughs> right. If you go back and listen to the third record on the fourth track of this song, he actually really explains it in that song four years earlier. But there is no context that makes it not a pattern. He keeps doing this. Not like he just threw this in there one time. Like this dude's idea of how characters should express love for each other 
almost exclusively hinges on violence. Yeah. Here's a lyric. I'll do anything for you. Kill anyone for you. That's great. That's what he thinks That's someone. That's really good. I love mm. you. Therefore, other people need to be hurt. He thinks someone would say this to someone else as proof of love. Here's another one. For you, I'd do anything just to make you happy. Here you tell me that you're proud of me. For them, I'll kill anything. Cut the throats of babies for them. These are great things to say to people. <laughs> like, you know, this is really yeah. good. People are driving down the road really healthy. If your imagination still works, this is definitely the imagery you want in there. Some guy, girl on the subway blasting this in their ears, singing along. Great stuff. I don't think I ever need the word cut the throats of babies in the song. Well, you, I, you, to. Just, you don't have the context. If you go back to track two on the fifth album again, like, you know, it really explains the babies are a problem. The babies are a problem. Yeah, you got to kill the babies. Ba especially once you get into outer space, there's just too yeah. much room for all these babies. Minotaurs and fuck the giant scorpions and makes more sense to cut their throats. Good behavior. Definitely talk about it. This is the future and in outer space. Do we not have more inventive ways to kill babies than slitting their throats? I mean, we've been doing that in the desert for centuries at this yeah. point, right? But yeah, this guy keeps going back to this thing. I love you. Oh, you don't believe me? Look how many other people I can hurt. That's not a normal pattern of thought. Is this so unhappy people? If you're an unhappy person and you see someone who's happy, do you then blame them for your unhappiness do you think that happiness in the world is a zero-sum game and in order for you to be happy someone else has to be unhappy is that what you think that's a great question i i think that's a thing whether or not he we always end up trying to psychoanalyze these people i wonder how many people because you know how interviews with bands are always it's like going on a nighttime talk show they never really press anything serious it's always softball questions yeah. blah 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 it would be awesome if just maybe one time somebody, we should interview bands, mm. actually press them on some of these things. So when you say these things, where does that come from? Honestly, I don't think there's anything to learn from it is the problem. I don't think we're going to get anything out no. of trying to figure this dude out. Other than, uh, are you okay? Maybe he needs therapy. One thing I have learned from psychoanalyzing all these bands in the time that we've been doing this is... It turns out when you get a bunch of whiny dudes exploring the upper limits of their vocal range while singing about women, they tend to say pretty fucked up stuff. Yeah. It's like the higher pitched a guy sings, the more misogynist he gets or the more misogynist he thinks he's allowed to get. Maybe. Like Weezer. Maybe he has something to prove. You know what? I'm glad I don't understand this. It's good not to relate to Coheed and Cambria. We haven't even said it. The actual thing about this band, the whole meat and potatoes of this band, it, any criticism that we've ever made or will make about a band doing a concept album applies to this band's entire existence. Remember when you called Pink Floyd a concept band because they always make concept albums? Uh -huh. This is actually a concept band. Truly. No joke. Yeah. The one time they didn't do a concept album, it exploded in their face. Well, no, not only that. It's not that they only make concept albums. It's that every album is an installment in the same story. A yes. With, I think, one exception, every album this band has released is part of one story. Yeah. And the story of the albums does come from a comic book series that the main guy writes. This band is a soundtrack to a comic book. That's exactly what it is. It's a soundtrack to a comic book. That's not even a but joke. But it's a bad comic book, bad soundtrack to a bad comic. Did you read the comic book? No, fuck no. I ask people that are into that kind of stuff to just do my homework for me. I know a lot of people that like comic books and that are into some really nerdy shit. 
none of them like Cohen and Cambria. I've never met anyone that likes his comic books or anything like that either. So it's not like, uh, so maybe he's not great at writing music, but he's really good at that. But it seems like he's not really good at any of that either. And what do his bandmates think? We're gonna write these six songs about your comic books? Like you're just along for his ride. I can't imagine what it's like to be in this band. Basically releasing a chapter of an audiobook each time they put an album out. Again, this is not a joke. It's just It's true. just real. The comics even predate the band. So you can't say that the comics were, you know, an extension of the band or even merch. This dude started with the comic books. It's a spinoff band. You could convince me that we were talking about a Tenacious D joke right now. This could be something that Kyle Gass and Jack Black sat around and made up in their <laughs> heads and told this guy to do. They release an album that's not part of the thing like an actual standalone album and of course it goes over like a fart in church but i guess that would be like releasing six comic books or something like that and then releasing a completely different story or how many people listened to it thinking that it was a continuation and they were like what the oh i'd be pissed oh, what's going on you didn't even explain what the key work is <laughs> right I, I came for the baby murder and you know fuck women like, what is this bullshit? No, oh. it did not go over well with his... Uh, you meant fuck women like women should go fuck themselves. Yes, not yes. Having not having actually his intercourse. This band wouldn't be singing about that. <laughs> Yo, do me a favor real quick if you're listening to this podcast. Which uh, you are. You're obviously listening to this podcast. Oh, you think they're listening to the podcast right now? They're still listening. <laughs> yeah, I... Yes, they're listening, yeah. We really need you to subscribe. Wherever you're listening, hit the subscribe button. Definitely make sure you're subscribed. We've got merch now. What, shirts and pins and stickers and stuff? Yeah, on the website. Go to our website, yfbspod.com. Just do it. Just do it. That would be a good slogan for Man, something. we should make a shirt. Okay. <laughs> I would encourage anyone who's actually just unfamiliar, just go look at the list of album titles that they've released. It's not even really worth making fun of. Here's my favorite Coheed and Cambria album title. Mm, mm, give it to me. Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4. Volume 1, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. <laughs> it's just such, it's like a troll. It's like they want you to hate it. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it feels do, like. Do you remember when Fiona Apple started naming her albums 90-word poems so all the critics would really have something to complain about? Yeah. This is that type of rage bait. There's so many, though. Is it just because they release every... Well, there's different albums and then there's deluxe versions of every album and then there's re-releases of albums. This is one band that can really cash in on their fan base with, you know, deluxe wooden box set. They did. Special one of a kind merch. Oh, dude, they released albums came with copies of the comic book. The comics are called the Amory Wars, A-M-O-R-Y. I'm guessing this is at least partly a reference to love, Amor. Again, you can wrap it up in whatever space story you want, but this band almost exclusively writes love songs. The actual story of the Amory Wars is basically a mashup of every popular science fiction or fantasy thing that you've ever come across. Dude's been watching sci-fi and fantasy shit his entire life. Same thing with the musical influences. It's all that in a blender. Star Wars, The Fifth Element, Kurt Vonnegut. Throw in what I would call a heavy splash of the mythos behind Scientology. Yeah. Actually, come to think of it, that's a pretty great comparison because every album that they put out is essentially new. Do you, I don't know if you know this. Uh, the Church of Scientology, they're constantly repackaging new editions of L. Ron Hubbard's books. 
and then it's basically mandatory that everyone has them. to buy them. Yeah, it's yeah. just a way to get more money out of people. That's essentially what this band is with this story. It's a subscription model to a story. If uh-huh. you're invested, it's like keeping your HBO Go subscription to see the next season of Game of Thrones. It's right. the same thing. If you want to know how this story ends, well, it's not done yet, but here's the next chapter. Got to buy it. Got to buy it if you want to know. Do, is it, do people buy the comic book? If you, It's like, is it one of those things where like, oh, I read the comics, so when they release a new album, you already know what the album's going to be about because you've read the comic book or do the comic books... Is this like one of those things like, oh, I read the book, therefore I know what's going to happen? This band is a fucking nightmare. I refuse to this try to find out. This is the worst thing. <laughs> I'm having like anxiety about this. This is the worst. I do know that the albums do not tell the story in chronological order. So... So fuck you. They can make up whatever they want. Yeah. If you like this band, you got to know this band hates you. They can go 500 years in the future. They can go 500 years in the past. They don't care. They can fuck you in the ass. You're never going to do shit about it except buy more of their albums. Here's more of it. I promise it fits the story. If you're still confused, just wait and buy the next one and then you'll know more. It's like magic. Boo. Where's the new album? It's in your ass already. Pull it out. Oh, look at that. There's no fucking way this story is ever going to have a satisfying conclusion because the dude doesn't know how it ends. Because once it ends, paychecks aren't coming in anymore. Yeah. Why would anyone keep paying attention to this other than to find out what happens? Look, I hate it. I thought this band sucked. Now I fucking hate this band. The longer this episode goes on, my hatred is growing. I actually now hate Coheed and Cambria. It's lost the band. The TV show Lost. There you go. Perfect. I hope their last album is just the band has been in purgatory the whole time. And big middle fingers. <laughs> Blow me. Spoilers for loss. If you haven't seen it at this point, fuck you. Also, if you have seen it, on behalf of the creators of Lost, still fuck you. Uh, every so often, this Wizard of Oz looking motherfucker disappears behind the curtain. That's all it is. And comes back with a new stone tablet to sell. There's probably a lot more to that Scientology joke than just the subscription model thing, too. There's no way we have time to get into everything that Scientologists believe but go look that That's up. That's a separate yeah. podcast. Go look that up. And the part about Thetans being trapped in human bodies, that's a very strong parallel to the evil space prison in the Coheed canon. Uh, the Coheed lyrics, here emotions behold, you've entered a hell where the devil is made of gold. That's Scientology. Mm-hmm. Modern mythologies are so dumb. I hate it when people try to create a modern mythology because all it ever is, is the, the Greeks already did this greek people already fucking did this and they did it better than anyone else is ever gonna do it 95 mm. percent of the assholes who hand you a mythology that they invented just copy that they took yeah. the proper nouns from the greek version used white out and put in new made-up words and they're calling it a new thing same story new names the concept of consciousness forgetting its own divinity in the material world is as old as daedalus and the labyrinth okay <laughs> I'm positive there's some Coheed fan who just had their mind blown wide open. <laughs> they're, they're bleeding from their ear right now. Ah! Screaming on the Screaming. side of the road. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Coheed and Cambria doesn't write esoteric songs about consciousness falling in love with itself. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? If you're having an existential crisis right now, Oh, well, it's your problem. There are at least 10 different ways that it's hilarious how much people love this band. It's it's hilarious that anyone might think any of this story is unique. I'm hoping that by the end of this, if you have a Coheed tattoo, you get it covered up. Somebody sent us a picture of you getting your Coheed. I'll send you a free shirt. I wonder if we could get 
a company who does tattoo cover-ups to sponsor this podcast. That would be awesome. That would be about the best sponsor that we could have, yeah. I think. And every band tattoo you, that they cover up. Do you think there's a nationwide chain? Because we probably, someone who's local probably wouldn't want to do that. Probably not, but... Uh, Sorry about your dragonfly tattoos, y'all. <laughs> Imagine a world where... Instead of George Lucas, it was actually the guy who did the Star Wars score, John Williams, who had the idea to rip off Akira Kurosawa and set everything in outer space. But John Williams is a music guy, not a movie guy. He doesn't even try to make a movie. He just makes all the music for it. And that's it. He hands in the music and he's like, trust me. (laughs) If you saw a movie that this music went with, it would be really, really cool. But we're not going to make the movie. Yeah. That's Coheed and Cambria. What a crazy thought. <laughs> Actually think that through. It's what this is. What would the soundtrack to Star Wars be without the movie? My favorite thing to think about with this band, though, 500%. There are people who think this stuff is all real. Mm-hmm. Actually real. Like, not even in a metaphorical way. I know for a fact there's someone out there who thinks that Claudio is channeling some other dimension of existence. All these characters exist in a parallel universe. He's just tapping into it. These albums are documentaries. <laughs> That's genuinely horrifying. Remember when Avatar came out? Avatar, Avatar? Yeah, Avatar, yeah. Okay. There were people who got depressed after seeing that movie. Do you remember this? No. What's the name of the place? Oh, uh, they just made a Disney park for it. Oh, uh, what's it called? Uh, I know it. I was there. Where, where does, what is Avatar Land? It starts with a P. I want to say it sounds like... Prim- Pandora. All right. So when the movie Avatar came out, there were all these people who saw that movie and then got depressed. I think they were even calling it Pandora depression or something because these people were bummed out that they couldn't go live on that planet. Like it doesn't actually exist. Now their life isn't good enough for them because they've seen that. Now that I know that Pandora is not real, I have to be, I can't do this anymore. Well, the thing I do is there's two more movies coming out. My initial reaction to that is, well, that's very tragic that these people aren't happy, clearly, and they wish that they could go live. To a a fictional place. In a fictional place. Your life sucks so bad you have to go to the fictional place. But then I'm like, well, how many of these people could make any number of a thousand changes to their life and at least better their conditions in a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, sure. Yeah. Incremental changes in their No, cool, man. Cool I'm either going to live on Pandora. I'm going to work at Taco Bell. <laughs> I'm going to work at Taco Bell and play video games forever. <laughs> I refuse to settle for anything in between. You really think there's people out there that think that this is real? Yes, I do. That is horrifying. Also, I never saw Avatar or whatever, so maybe this shit's amazing and I'm the asshole. I don't know. Avatar, well, everything you just said before about uh, retelling of old stories. Oh, same shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. You should just watch Avatar and you'll be like, wait, this is just Eastern mythology or something wrapped up into a movie. Speaking of Eastern mythology, speaking of people retelling old stories, did we forget to mention that this band's most popular song, Coheed and Cambria's most popular song is Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. Straight up rip off. They just play it faster. Not influenced the riff. All they do is play it faster. And kind of the entire point of the song Cashmere is how slow it is. That's what makes it sound big and cool like that. What if they ever got, do you think that they had to write, like give Led Zeppelin writing credit for that? I don't think so. But I mean, I get it, man. You start dicking around with your ideas and all of a sudden a million people are paying attention. You don't have any more ideas. Matt Penfield signed your band to Columbia. And whoops, we got to shit out another Battlefield Earth real fast. What did Led Zeppelin do? (laughs) Yeah. 
Here's another problem with this whole every album except one is part of the same space opera. Musically, you have about as much freedom to branch out from where you started as the Star Wars movies have freedom to branch out from the score. You can't change the Imperial March. Right. It's the Imperial March. When Darth Vader walks on screen, we have to have his musical cue. That's the way it works. By definition, this band cannot do anything new. It's like waiting for the California Raisins to reinvent themselves. It's not going to happen. I found this uh, Reddit thread where this person uh, found parts in their songs that uh, were like the same riff. And it was like multiple songs. And Kohi? Yes, oh, in the same buddy. riff. Yeah. The, the comment was like, oh, that's so cool. And I was like, what's cool about it? They're literally just playing the same riff. The same note intervals Crazy. over and over. Yes. He was like, this is actually like the same chord progression in all of these songs. Oh, cool. They use the same riff. Oh, cool. This is the Tetris song. Oh, cool. This is Led Zeppelin. Oh, cool. This is the same riff in three different songs that I found. I love this band. Oh, cool. If your favorite band is Coheed and Cambria, your favorite band sucks. You're welcome for the singular emotional experience that only comes from hearing how much your favorite band sucks. We have amazing merchandise available for you at yfbspod.com. Only the best merch. Our new t-shirts are so good, even music fans who've never heard of this podcast will think it's a cool shirt. Go check this shit out. While you're on the website, grab a link to this episode, any other episode, shit. There's even a page on the website with a list of every episode we've ever done. Get any of those links, get all of those links, share them online, share them in your group chats. I want you to stand outside someone's house with a sign saying yfbspod.com on it. Don't do that last one. But I think we can all agree you should post more links to this show online. Everyone's sick of arguing about politics. Give them something else to argue about. It'll be like the good old days. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, the show is not sponsored by Taco Bell yet. But if anyone knows how to get a hold of them, I got a little outtake from this episode of Mark Mosley saying their brand name. Taco Bell. So yeah, if you know anyone at Taco Bell's ad agency, have them hit me up. I'm Mark's agent, but I know he'd love to be their new spokesperson. Get in touch with me, not him. We'll work something out. Taco Bell. <laughs> As I kind of said in the episode, if Coheed and Cambria's lyrics and entire reason for existing as a band weren't so terrible, this episode really would have felt like punching down to me. When we come back in two weeks, I don't even have a good excuse. It's just punching down. What can I say? We're terrible people. Mark and I are basically the trophy hunters of music criticism. When this podcast comes back,